Welcome to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. This episode is brought to you by BKT Tires, a leading global player in off-highway tires for the agricultural, industrial, construction, and OTR industries. Welcome back to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. I'm Joy Kepcha, Managing Editor of MTD. Today, we're gonna talk about customer service but specifically how much it costs when something in the customer experience goes awry. Randy O'Connor, principal and owner of D2D Development Group, is going to walk us through some examples and teach you to crunch some basic numbers so you can calculate your own cost. He says it all comes down to habits. Well, welcome, Randy. Welcome to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. We're really excited to have you uh, on the podcast today. Thanks, Joy. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, of course. Well, we want to talk about um, one of those, I guess, maybe a favorite topic among dealers and certainly something they can live with or learn a lot from. And it is a, a true cost of, you know, a, a bad experience in a, in a tire shop, which, of course, none of our listeners ever have any misses. Nothing ever goes wrong in a retail tire shop in the U.S. So so I guess we'll just chat a little bit, Randy. <laughs> but I guess seriously, I'm Help us, you know, help dealers kind of think about, maybe give them another way to think about that, um, you know, the, some of those misses or missed opportunities or even mistakes that just happen. You know, how how should they be thinking about that? I got warmed up to this topic pretty early on in my career. Uh, I had a, a boss, a pretty awesome boss at the time uh, when I first started running one location in eastern North Carolina that... On my first day running the location, he he asked me a, a simple question, uh, and I was in my young 20s, so of course I knew the answer, um, but he asked me, he said, so how much are you going to cost me this year, Randy? And I'm like, what a stupid question. I'm so much smarter than this. Like, why are you dumbing me down to this level? And what he was getting at wasn't that, you know, he was paying me $40,000 a year and I was going to make $15,000 in commissions, and, you know, he paid $40 a month for my phone and gave me a company truck and gave me insurance and all those fringe benefits. But what he was getting at is you're a rookie in the, in, in the industry. And um, even if you're not a rookie, you're going to make some mistakes along the way. And so how are you going to think about how to pay me back for all of those mistakes and all those things that you do and don't do that add up to a pretty big sum of money. And so I actually answered this question directly. And I said, I don't know, boss, I'm probably going to cost you somewhere around, I don't know, $105,000, this year, fringe benefits and all those other things added in. And he, he told me that I was very wrong and he might've made the wrong hire because when I miss that sale on the call or when I mismanage uh, someone in the shop or I give away too many discounts that he just hopes that somewhere along the way in the first year, I cost him somewhat less than a million dollars. And I'm not sure what the number came in at. It was probably more than a million dollars. I made plenty of mistakes, but somewhere along the way that, uh, that message and that lesson um, kind of got flipped as I continue to get more experience into uh, the industry. And and I think it's something that, um, that owners and managers, service managers and sales folks, and even technicians um, can kind of connect with in a behavioral way. And so we really love to share this uh, when we have the opportunity. So I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah, well, that is, uh, I, I guess, mega props to to that uh, boss back then for putting that in your frame of mind um, on day one, because obviously it's a lesson that has uh, stuck with you. 
Um, and, and I guess props to him too, as well for, uh, not presenting you the bill or anything, the tally at the end of the year. So no, he gave me another store. That was the problem. <laughs> uh, he, he trusted you to cost him some more money, I guess. That, that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, so frame this of how, so, so now you're helping dealers and coaching them and helping them make their stores um, increase sales and increase their profitability with the dealer to dealer development group. So how do you now take kind of that lesson and how are you spinning it now, now that you're the teacher um, with, with the expertise, how are you helping dealers or how do you want dealers to be thinking about this? Great question. You know, one of the, one of the challenges that we have in, in a, in a 20 group model, which is what, you know, dealer to dealer development group is, is, is transfer of knowledge. We all sit in a room three times a year for three days, so that's nine days, and everybody leaves with an action list of of these, you know, financial goals that they're going to hit. And and what happens is the transfer of knowledge from I have all these great ideas that I've just gotten from 19 other owners in the room, and I'm going to transfer them back into the shop. How do I get that to actually uh, take shape in in behavior? Um, and you know, our behaviors are basically set in, in two different, two different parallels. You know, one is those things we do do. And the other is those things that we don't do things that are missing. Uh, when it comes to things we do, you know, we can, we can quantify those rather simply. Uh, but it's those things that we don't do, uh, or those things that are missing that, that often kind of leave us with a little bit more of a challenge. And so, you know, when, when I go back to uh, my former boss and those things, you know, you, you, you did get the sale, you did get the appointment, uh, you did manage an employee that was having a, a difficult day with another employee, you, you did honor your promise time with your customer and you got them in and out in the right, in, in the right time frame. you know, you, you did offer the extra service, the free alignment check, the check balance, the, you know, digital vehicle inspection. Uh, you did do a good inspection on the car. All those things show up in a way where you end up putting the money in the cash register to some extent. And so you can quantify that. Uh, you know, it's those things that you don't do, right? You, you didn't use the choice close in the sale and you missed the sale. Or you let the customer walk out the door without actually asking for the sale. You were an order taker. Um, you know, you, you didn't effectively manage that employee uh, to be able to help them have a better day and be more productive and more efficient throughout their day. Uh, you didn't honor the promise time. You didn't figure out how to get your team to get that customer in and out. All of those things typically, you know, they don't go in the cash register directly. They don't come out on a P&L. So how do we look at those things in a way that's meaningful uh, for us to, you know, really be able to to quantify them and, and tie it back into uh, something that's meaningful for us to be able to move the the needle. And so, again, looking at, you know, uh, a financial goal and transfer of knowledge, it eventually all just comes down to behavior, you know, how to monetize behaviors, both those that you do and that you don't do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and so you're really talking about with these opportunities, either with, and especially if we talk about the things that aren't being done, those misses or, you know, missteps in the process, um, or, or mistakes, flat out mistakes. Um, you're saying that there is like a true calculation that dealers can do to be like, oh, that, you know, you not, um, the technician doing the full inspection on the car, you know, and picking up on, you know, this service that was missed or, you know, is needed or will be needed soon, you know, that that 
can, you know, one plus one equals two and, you know, and can relate to this kind of equation, right? That's what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it is just as simple, basically, as as one plus one. It might not be addition, it's division. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it shows up easiest in the way to, to explain it uh, to, to most folks is we start with uh, monetizing or, or quantifying uh, those behaviors that we do do because we can identify with them. We've done them. Uh, we are doing them. And so we use examples, um, very simple examples uh, that tie back to very simple behaviors that we do on a regular basis. So for instance, uh, a $5 oil change coupon, right? How much does a $5 oil change coupon that you gave to Johnny customer because you like them, uh, not because you actually had a a discount coupon card out there or you were doing a promo. You just did it because you've always done it and you're like, I like this guy, you know, or I like this, mm -hmm. th this customer. I'm going to give them five bucks today. High five. You know, let's move on. I'm the hero. And so when you take that $5 and let's say you're, you're an average shop throughout the country uh, netting down somewhere around 5%. If you take that $5 oil change coupon and divide it by a 5% net, that tells you, the total sales that you need to get back in order to recoup that $5. And so if you're at 5% net, you're keeping $5 on every hundred that comes through the register. All those things that you did, you did make the sale, you did manage, you did, you know, honor your promise times, you did offer the extra service. All those things are quantified down. And so when you look at it from a net perspective, what it takes to replace it back into sales the numbers just pop off the page. So that $5 oil change coupon at a 5% net ends up costing you a hundred dollars to be able to put it back in the register because you just gave it away. There was no purpose for it. It didn't serve a purpose in any meaningful way in that moment. And so if you take that $5 oil change coupon and you've got uh, three sales folks at the counter and they each do that three times a day, you know, you're not talking 45 bucks you know, you're talking 900 bucks a day. Right. And if you're like most folks post COVID, you're, you're in the independent space, you're open, what, 260 days a year now, because we're not open Saturdays and Sundays anymore. Mm -hmm. If you take that, you know, 900 um, and, you know, you multiply it by 260 days, that's $234,000 of true cost that you need in order to be able to replace those simple $5 uh, coupons that that come across and looking at it from another perspective you know if your if your average um you know if your average ticket is two hundred dollars take two hundred and thirty four thousand and divide it by two hundred that tells you how many new customers you need to replace those behaviors so all those things that fall through the cracks you know we can very quickly see from behaviors that we do do um you know exactly how much it's going to cost in order to to be able to replace it by using our net profit and mm -hmm. dividing it back into whatever, uh, whatever behavior it is or whatever thing we did. Um, and so it's to reason then that you can take that and you can throw it back into things that we don't do. You know, you mentioned that um, uh, like in the article, you know, that, that, that we put out there, we talked about bad customer service and what's the cost of that. Well, there's a lot of ways to look at costs beyond just those that are within our four walls. Um, that customer, you know, that wasted an hour, you know, I don't know how much, you know, that that customer's, you know, making per hour in their job, but you can simply say, okay, from a customer perspective, if we didn't get them in and out at their promise time, they have every right to be to be upset because, you know, they just lost their $15 an hour, their $25 an hour, their 
$250 an hour, whatever they make an hour. Um, and they have every right to be upset because we didn't honor the promise. And so the true cost to them, depending on whatever their own personal net is and their own personal finances is a real thing. You know, they've got to fight to get that hour back and, and time is money for sure. Right. Thanks to its R&D efforts, BKT is committed to helping customers succeed by offering high quality, top performance, and reliable tires that can handle any job in more than 160 countries worldwide. So so is the answer here, because I can imagine tire dealers out there who have, you know, if we use your $5 oil change, you know, $5 off the oil change coupon idea that have been doing that forever. And they say, oh, that's helped me. And that's brought in business. And that's, you know, whatever it is. Um, I mean, is the answer no more $5? Are you saying no more $5 off coupons, Randy? Are you no, saying no more discounts no. ever? <laughs> no, a, 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 absolutely not. There's definitely uh, there's definitely a case for um, you know leveraging a coupon to be able to earn people's business. That's that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, um, from a very early age, we've we've been taught uh, to do the same thing day in day out. Right? Uh, we first go to to school, the bell rings. Right? We're all salivating. Uh, next thing you know, we are given a desk and that's going to be our desk for the next 365 days. We come in the school the same way. Uh, we rotate through our classes when the bell rings and we salivate and we move on. And then, you know, eventually at the end of the day, we go home the same way. We sit on the same seat on the bus, yada, yada, yada. You know mm -hmm. what I'm getting at here is we're all creatures of habit. And so over time, what happens is some of these habits tend to trickle down in ways where they're things that we just don't see. They're not in front of us. It's those things that that we don't do, things that that are missing. And what when I say those things that we don't do, when I'm actually talking about giving a coupon, that thing from a managerial perspective is we didn't manage the coupons in a way uh, that was responsible to the bottom line of the business. Mm -hmm. And so we need to step out of that uh, salivation mode that we've all been taught with, you know, those things that we do day in and day out. And we need to you know, look at the business from a different perspective so that we're changing behaviors in a meaningful way. Keep the coupons, give them where you got to give them, right? <laughs> Quantify them, use them in a, in a responsible way within the business, uh, but make sure uh, by and large that you're not a victim of coupons um, and you turn those back into, into profit in some way. And if the oil change coupon is the right way to be able to explain it to your team, Great. There's plenty of other ways you can do it. You can use anything that uh, you can use anything that happens in your shop. Uh, so, for instance, uh, in an extreme example, take an oil out. Let's say uh, a young uh, uh, oil and lube tech uh, forgot to put the drain plug back in, and you guys didn't notice that uh, trail of oil going uh, all the way out of your parking lot, and the customer ends up needing a new engine. Well. You know, take that, take that extreme example. I don't know, five thousand dollars, and divide it by your net profit. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty simple. You know, the the true cost of of an engine, and you know that situation adds up super quick. And if you're at that five percent, I mean, that's a hundred thousand dollars worth of sales you need to be able to recover that $5,000 in net profit, right. um, you know, or I don't know, maybe they backed out of the bay and they clipped somebody's, uh, they clipped a Mercedes uh, side view mirror off, right? All those behaviors we have, it, it's incumbent on us to uh, give examples and use these examples so that we're making teachable moments so that everyone within the organization understands 
the true costs of the things that we do and that we don't do. And, and that's not to say that we take every single thing that happens and, and run through this example every single time. That'll get old real quick. But I think when people have an understanding of exactly um, how much tire and auto service shops don't make, right? Customers think that they pay $1,100 for a set of tires. Uh, the owner of Johnny's uh, tire just made $1,100. Right. And even those folks that are in our shops, you know, they're like, man, you know, you guys are, you guys are doing, you know, $12,000 worth of sales a day. You guys are the richest people on the face of the earth. No, <laughs> 5% net is, is, is not the, the richest people. It's not going to put you in, in those one percenters. So you got to get that out of your mind. Right. Right. So, so how would you, I guess that's the best way to teach this to the team, because, I mean, it could be, you know, a lot, I mean, obviously that extreme example of the engine, you know, you know, a lot, I mean, it's okay. It's one mistake. It's, it's the plug, but you know, lots of other people around there have eyeballs and could, you know, have have seen the trail of oil also, you know, running, running through the parking lot. Um, So how, what's your recommendation for talking and like educating the team about it? Is it, is it taking one example and, you know, going, doing it from beginning to end, or is it more of a, you know, breaking it up into smaller pieces, um, you know, and like starting with, you know, the, the people at the front counter and, you know, is doing separately, you know, the, the, the people working in the service bay. I mean, is, is there a right way to kind of get your team in all the different positions they're in to, to think about this and understand this? Yeah, great question. You know, the, the right way is the way that works for each shop, right? So we've, we've got, you know, 60 owners that are in, in D2D and all of them operate in a completely different way. And um, I, I guess the best way to explain it is uh, yeah, I, I was recently um, at, a, at a panel, the, um, the ASTA hosted a panel where they had some uh, technicians on one panel and then they had owners on the other panel. And the carryaway that I got from listening uh, to these technicians, all of whom had, uh, had worked for dealerships before they had worked for big box or private equity, um, and now they were you know, in the independent space, they basically came back and they said, you know, the two biggest things that that we really want is one, we want to be a part of the culture. And two, we want to have the numbers, the data put in front of us on a regular basis so that we can understand how uh, the the service we're providing is actually contributing to the business and to our, our own paycheck. And so that resounded with me in, in a very major way. And I think it should with, with owners throughout the country, because I'm a big proponent of sharing financials. I, I grew up uh, working with Colony Tire uh, in Eastern North Carolina back in the day. They were, they were very friendly with uh, the financials, with the P&Ls right out of the gate. And that stuck with me. And so I, I think the right place to start is to figure out which piece of the financials you want to share and, and with whom. Uh, and that's not to say that everybody has to share financials. There's some businesses out there that manage and do a fantastic job without sharing financials with anybody. But when it comes down to a particular position, especially if it's going to be productivity based, which most of our technicians are paid off of and or you could even say those folks that are on a commission from a net profit or a gross profit perspective, that is production based as well. When you have a production based type of plan so that you've got a quid pro quo relationship, meaning, you know, your output is actually going to be your input. 
and it's actually going to be the input for the business as well, it's incumbent on us, I think, to be able to share that, to have to share those numbers so that you have a true understanding of um, how, um, how the input um, affects the output, right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, it, it really just comes down to finding where you're going to share numbers and having a meaningful scoreboard. And if you're sharing numbers in any meaningful way, um, then it's very easy for people to start to see how little pieces of the business start to pop off the page within the matrix. And then you just take teachable moments. Um, and, you know, we're all very busy uh, as we're working in, in the shops. Um, you know, there's a chaos of commerce that just happens every day, all day, and nobody has time to do anything. Well, it doesn't take much time to, to explain to somebody in a quiet moment, either maybe you have breakfast with them before the day starts, or you go out to lunch with them, and you explain to them very quickly that, you know, a $5 oil change coupon, you know, we only net down $5 of every 100 that that we actually bring in from a sales perspective. And so that $5 oil change coupon is costing us $100 at 5% net. And you walk them through the math, and then you have them repeat it back to you and give them other examples of how this shows up in their day, and then ask them some things that they can do to try to be able to, to recoup that or limit those things and tie it back to the behavior. If you can t- tie it back to a specific behavior, you are going to move the needle. Hmm. Well, that that seems like Great. Yeah. Great. Great advice and just actionable advice that isn't uh, too overwhelming. I know sometimes we can, you know, tell dealers, you know, hey, you should do this, this, this and this. And then it becomes such a laundry list that it's it's kind of almost too much to comprehend. But uh, but but I think that's good advice that is uh, easy to break down and um, to to see. So and again, everyone remember, Randy did not say that this is the end of your coupon days. So just, just remember, I, I don't want, I don't want you to get blamed for that forever, Randy. So very fair, very fair. Sorry to all the consumers out there. Your $5 <laughs> coupons just disappeared. Right. Right. His name is Randy O'Connor. No, just kidding. <laughs> awesome. Well, Randy, this has been a big help. And I think, uh, I think dealers are going to learn a lot from, from this lesson and uh, we'll be sure to, to point uh, people to some other examples that you provided in uh, a recent one of your columns that we publish with MTD. So thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Joy, it's been, it's been a pleasure. I'm happy to be a contributor and part of the team. I, I appreciate you all, including me when and where you can. Well, we, we appreciate you too. Thanks. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Modern Tire Dealer Show. We're happy to have you along. And thanks to Randy O'Connor for joining me today. You can find out more about the 20 groups Randy leads and his business, Dealer to Dealer Development Group, at www.d2dvelopmentgroup.com. And be sure to read Randy's column every month in My Modern Tire Dealer. Whether you're working on a farm, a construction site, or in the OTR industry, BKT has a tire for you.